On this episode, I've got special guest, Mike Manazer, with his new book, Learn How to Lead to Win. Mike is a graduate of Top Gun and commanded an F-14 squadron, the USS Nimitz aircraft carrier, and a carrier strike group. Mike retired as a two-star Navy admiral and is now an executive with a Fortune 100 aerospace and defense company. Have a listen. There's a voice deep inside every day calling him to lead. Society, vices, inner demons, negative thoughts try to dampen and drown out that voice, but it never goes away. Your wife feels it, your children feel it, and your heart and soul feel it too. It's the voice that starts off as a whisper, but then becomes a calling. A calling to be the tip of the spear for your family. A calling to play all out and lead by example for your children. A calling to build a legacy that will go on for generations. A calling to be the warrior dad you were born to be. Dads, our children need us now more than ever. To be that beacon of hope, courage, positivity, and strength. It's time to rise as warrior dads together as a brotherhood. If you felt that twinge in your soul, it's time for the warrior dad experience. Welcome to the show. I am pumped up, extremely excited for my special guest today. I've got former Navy Admiral, Top Gun fighter pilot, Mike Manazer on the show. Mike, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks, Jeff. It's great to be here. What a great theme for uh, for a talk. Oh, I, ca I can't wait to, to dive in. Two dads talking about leadership and, and leading the family. So let's start right there. I, I, I think leadership in today's society is is there's a there's a lack of it out there right and and i love your book that that you've shared and and i've i'm halfway through now where do you see the world from a leadership perspective today let's let's frame that up first yeah i think i think we're missing that that um heartfelt um human connected leadership i mean just start right there and and how you do that um you know sometimes depends on your personality uh, depends on your ability to to reach. We might even feel a little more insecure, and maybe we don't want to, you know, lay it all out or be vulnerable or expose ourselves. And that I think is the biggest barrier, you know. And by the way, I, like I said, it's a great theme here. The role of dad is, I think, under question, attack, you know. I can definitely tell you that the, you know, dad, the dad identity crisis is out there, you know, like what kind of a dad should I be, you know, and that kind of thing. Well, what I tell people is you already know what's best. Do what you think is best. Be a role model, you know, as, as dad and show up. And, and I, you've got to think carefully about, you know, your role as dad there's, you know, and, and I, I think for, and, and I'm not talking about, you know, anybody's definition of the nuclear family. And there's so much debate in this country and around the world of, you know, what is a family? So define a family and somebody's going to go, well, there's one of these and one of those and a couple of these. Mm -hmm. I'm just talking about the role model as a father figure for especially male kids, but definitely female kids. And, and don't equivocate when you do that. You know, there was this funny... Uh, commercial I, I can't remember what the commercial was and, and and the tagline from the dad was 
I'm the dad. It's my job, you know, and so so you roll in there. Um, the, the last thing I, I'll say to this end, uh, we are all affected by our fathers. And in my book, Learn How to Lead to Win, those emotional drivers that, that guide you through life, they start when you're a child. Right. So whoever your role models are in life, they're going to give you the emotional drivers you have. In my case, my dad was a Marine. And his standard for success was uh, extremely high. So high, in fact, I could, I could never reach it. Okay. Um, you're not good enough all the time. And he set that standard. My mom was completely the opposite. I was the best thing since sliced bread as the oldest son and I could do no wrong. And I was like all of that. And so if you think about it for a second, they were wonderful countervailing forces. If I listen to my mom, I got an ego this size. Of course, I'm a fighter pilot already. And so, you know, wow, look at me, you know, a head this big, I can't even get into the room and egotistical. But my dad is like, you know, you're not, you're not even making it. So if I listen to just my dad, I'm crushed by, you know, uh, insecurity and, and I can't make the grade. My mom's like, you're great. Both of those things propelled me. And I have this weird sort of a humility that, that keeps my ego in check. You know, I, I am a type A fighter pilot, you know, you don't even have to ask me what I fly. I'll tell you within five minutes, I'm a fighter pilot, but it, you know, but the, the driving forces of my mom and my dad in, in my family, you know, are what created me. So for the parents out there, and, and particularly for those males in a dad role model, be dad, you know, right. be that role model and, and, and be, you know, the type of role model you need, you need to be in. And, and the, the last thing I'll say is I think that a lot of the reasons we have a bunch of anxiety in our country right now is we have an identity crisis. Okay. You're not allowed to be like a boy or a male or, you know, they, they, you know, males don't cry, boys don't cry and all that, all those paradigms they're under, you know, they're under discussion. Well, what do I do? You know, who, who am I kind of thing? And so I think it's particularly important to be a father figure for your male children, but definitely for your kids. I have a 40 year old daughter and I have a 35 year old son. Right. And so bringing them up, I try to do the best I could being in the Navy and being gone all the time. So I partnered with mom. And we aligned our discipline to the, to the kids. But you got to be a male father figure if you're the dad. That's my belief. No, I, I couldn't agree with you more there. And I think a couple key nuggets out of that wisdom that you just shared. One is identity, right? You got to define who you are as a dad. And, and if you feel that twinge and it's your intuition, go with it, right? That, that's probably where the, the universe is, and, and is pointing you. And, and two is be that role model show up how you want them to lead their lives. I think that that's so important. So, you know, leadership, obviously you were former Navy Admiral, had a bunch of people under your leadership. What were a couple of things that you did to help inspire those people to be the best version of themselves? Because I, I feel like that's our greatest responsibility as dads, right? Is to inspire our kids to chase excellence, pursue excellence, be the best version of themselves. So I'd, I'd interested to hear, hear that from a, a leadership perspective in the Navy. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, Jeff. So first of all, leadership is about influence. So whether you're leading a military unit or whether you're leading, you know, your, your, uh, your local, um, you know, homeowners association or you're, you're at a, a charity or a church or a nonprofit or something like that, it's about influence. It's about, it's about guiding people and influencing people to go the direction you think is right. That's leadership. 
Okay. Leadership for your kids is kind of this multifaceted thing. Um, there's a thing, you know, when you're talking to your kids, they hear you. You think they're not listening to you. They hear you. Yeah. And at some point, and there's another quote that as you get older, they get smarter. Right. So they, they hear you. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Dad used to tell me that all the time and, and it, it resonates with them. So, so even though you, you don't want to let go, you don't want to, you don't want to quit transmitting to them. You don't want to tell them your, you don't want to quit telling them your vision and this is the right way to do it. And this is how life is. It's the same thing in a military unit. So my first fighter squadron command was 350 people. Okay. And my last one at Strager Commander in, in uh, 2012, 2013 was 10,000 people. Okay. The leadership tenant that works the best is communication. You've got to communicate. You With your kids, you can be nonverbal. Yeah, when dad, when dad gives us that look, we know. We like, we be quiet. You know, mm -hmm. and if he's looking that way or if he comes in that way from work, we know to, you know, stay away or, you know, and, and so there are there are, uh, you know, nonverbal cues that that you can give as as a leader. You can look unapproachable as a leader. And so the way you look is intentional. When you talk to somebody, look them in the eyes, be strong. How are you today? Be positive, be passionate. Isn't yeah. it great? This is a great day. I mean, it's, you know, here in Washington, D.C., where I'm talking to you from, it's beautiful outside. But what if it's raining and it's gross and it's terrible and you know, you know, the day is terrible. I mean, you look, you look at your employee or your kid or your, or your acquaintance right in the eye and go, isn't it great today? And they're like, what are you talking about? <laughs> so communicating with passion. I talk like this when I'm, yeah. when I'm trying to lead people, I'm positive. There's only two ways. I think we talked about it at the panel you were at, but there, yep. there's only two ways to go through the day, either down or up. Yep. Either, either think things are bad or think, well, we're going to get better. Correct. I always found in my leading through either the fighter squadron or a strike group and all the way through, I led the USS Nimitz aircraft carrier, 5,000 people. And, and as the captain, you're like a benevolent dictator. You know, you go to sea and you, you are, you are the man. Right. And so I found that positive, passionate, upbeat, joyful leadership works with people when you're on deployment six months at a time or more, you're at sea, away from land, away from families, away from everything for weeks at a time, maybe even months. We spent 120, 140 days at sea without seeing, you know, seeing a port because of the operational tasking. What do you do to keep people fired up? Well, right. every day when I was on Nimitz, I would get on the general announcing system and I and I would tell people what's going on. And, and uh, what was funny is between the day day flight ops and night flight ops, we'd have a break. We would run down wind for a ways and, and get some get some sea room to do flight ops. And I'd get on the one MC and the, the bosun's mates would blow the pipe. And you I, I think most people have heard a Navy pipe, but they'd blow it for like a minute. Okay. And it drove the crew crazy. It would just drove them nuts. It's this long whistle. And then the guy in his best voice, radio voice, is a standby for a word from the commanding officer. And then I'd get on the one MC and I would talk like this. Good evening, Nimitz Warriors. It's Old Salt. Old Salt is a call sign for the captain of Nimitz. And I'd say, Good, it's Old Salt. It's great out here. It might be rain and storm. We might be in a typhoon. Right. We haven't been in near land for anything. Life sucks at sea. You know, life, especially down on, you know, the lower decks is not as good as it is for the captain. But I wanted to reach that person hmm. down on those lower decks who was having a really bad day might be homesick, might, things might not go their way. They don't know if they're going to stay in the Navy. They don't know if they're going to stay. In, and so you translate this to any organization. Somebody comes in, you want it to be a good place to work, a good place yeah. to be. Why is yeah. that? Because that guy makes it a good place to be. 
So I would talk about, you know, the sailor of the day, both from the ship and the air wing. They'd be up there sitting in my sitting in my captain's chair. That's the only way you get allowed to sit in the captain's chair. The captain lets you sit in the chair. So we had an honoree, uh, one from the air wing, one from the ship every day. And I talked about these people like they were the most famous people in the universe. I'm going to tell them about what they did, where they came from, what they wanted to do, what their family was like, what they do on the ship, what they did recently to earn sailor of the day thing. Talk mm-hmm. about them. They're over there beaming. Of course, the rest of the crew, I want to be that person. I right. want to be talked about on the, you know, by God on the general announcing system, you know, kind of thing. And, and I would tell them what I knew. So I, the second thing I would do besides communicate passionately and joyfully is I would take away the uncertainty. Okay. This is what we're doing out here. This is why we're doing it. So when you're trying to influence and lead people, you need to tell them the why, you know, why are we out here? I will tell you when I had Nimitz, we had two big deployments and the first one was we went out to the Indian Ocean. We went through the Strait of Hormuz between Oman and Iran uh, about 14 times. No kidding, 14 times in and out. Hmm. We dropped bombs in Iraq, dropped bombs in Afghanistan on bad people. And the crew knew exactly what we were doing. Okay. They were fired up. We were defending Americans. We were in support of Americans. They were fired up. My second cruise, 2008, which happened very quickly after the first one, we went right back out. Went to Western Pacific and we were off the coast of Taiwan during uh, the 2008 Taiwan elections. And we were there to influence the election, mm-hmm. the power of the United States and an aircraft carrier strike group being off there. And they're all kind of fired up and they, they, you know, about dropping bombs. But but when we got into that deployment, they did they did not appreciate it. They didn't like to be out there. And so keeping their morale up was very, very, very hard. Okay. Try to over communicate and keep that why going. It's most important to tell those people you're trying to influence the why, whether your kids or people at work. I love I love those two, and I love the communication piece. And the way I frame it up is, especially for dads and their family, you're that beacon of light, positivity, hope, inspiration. And when you operate that way, just as you were, like your family follows, your family feels it. And I tell my sons each day, like you have a choice to be positive and happy. That's your choice alone. Like choose to be that way. And I'm sure you experience it when you somebody asks you, how are you doing today? And you're like, great. Like, it's a fantastic day. And they're like, what the heck is this guy? What is he on? Like, does he have different blood? But no, that's the way we choose to see the world. And it's amazingly powerful. And people want to be around that. And it works the opposite way, right? When negativity is everywhere, it just continues that spiral down and kind of kind of out of control. And, and yeah, then, Jeff, I, I got to go tell ahead. you, Vitally important in your role, you might have to act. Think about the dads right now in Israel and Palestine, trying to keep their families safe in Ukraine. Mm -hmm. The type of leader you have to be in a position where you might be scared out of your wits as dad. Think about what your kids think when dad is scared or when dad is, they're gonna react pretty hard, right? And so it might be that as the dad or the boss, you might have to act because they're looking at you. The company is looking at you, your team is looking at you, or your kids are looking at you for that assurity that it's gonna be okay. Right. And as a key leader influencing people, and I did this in my entire career in the Navy when it came up, even when I didn't know, I had to show that it's going to be okay. And it's particularly, particularly uh, important if you're a dad, it's going to be okay with everything going on right now in the world. 
not only overseas, but here in the United States in the conflict, you've got, you've got to tell your kids it's going to be okay. Here's why you can't afford not to, as the dad, you have to be the strong role model or you're partnered up with somebody in the house who is a strong role model. And, and maybe yeah. you're, you're a different way, but somebody in there, but as a, as a dad, as a warrior dad, you're the strong role model. This is going to be okay. Even if you don't know, mm-hmm. you've got to portray that sense. It's going to be fine. Here's what's going on and take away the uncertainty. Uncertainty causes fear. Yep. You diminish the fear from your kids and who people that depend on you and you tell them it's going to be okay. And you lead them through whatever it is. That's your role. You have to, you have to, and it's very, very important. Translates into the workplace as well. No, I, I love that fact. And thanks. Thanks for bringing that out. And that kind of leads into topic number two that I wanted to talk about. Just, just your view of failure. And I, I know reading your, your book, I'm halfway through, you know, you had some, some setbacks, some challenges in, in your day. And obviously with, being a warrior dad and guiding my boys and having other dads do the same thing, right? We've got two different types of kind of parents. You got the snowplow parent that plows the entire road. The kids never face adversity, or you have kind of my approach, my, my wife and I take where they're going to take their lumps. We're going to get back off the mat, keep fighting, working hard, go even harder and, you know, persevere through it. So I, I you know, failure, how do you see it? What are some key lessons you've learned in, in your life and, and your journey in it? Yeah. Um, so, gosh, so many great things here. Uh, I love that that question and the way you said it. First of all, to the parents out there and the dads out there, either way, plowing the road or letting them, you know, slog through the snow or the mud, either way is going to work. It's going to work. OK, so do do your best. Don't don't change everything all of a sudden and go, wow, I better stop plowing the road or or, um, you know, I'm just going to let them, you know, fall and hurt themselves. But failure will make them better. Failure and adversity make all human beings better. You get stronger with the failure. There are three themes that I think are in a, in a successful life. Uh, and I talk about them. They, they, they kind of go through the book. I don't specifically talk about in the book, but, I, but I've come to reflect on them. And I, and I think they're, they're the case. First of all, have a North Star. Okay. And I, I uh, as is detailed in the beginning of the book, I wanted to go to the U.S. Naval Academy in eighth grade because I saw the midshipmen march on at a football game. And it was like, bing, that's what I want to yeah. do. That right yeah. there. Something in life gets gets me going. Uh, you know, you have a North Star. There's something that you want to go after. And your kids, you know, my kids are like, Dad, you knew what you're going to do in the eighth grade. You know, you know, I, we don't know what we're going to do. And there's a lot of people out there that have no idea. They're going all the way through college. They get to the end of college. They don't even know what they're going to do something though. So keep asking your kids, Hey, what do you want to do? Mm-hmm. Just think about it. And like, I don't know, dead, you know, whatever, but, but keep asking them and keep talking about what drives you. Here's what drives me every day. Here's what I'm trying to go. I'm reaching for that, whatever that thing is. And it's your choice. I mean, you know, it's, and it needs to be something attainable. It's not like, you know, some, something that you can't put your hands on. I'm going to go do right. this. Right. I would like to be this. The second, the second theme is this, this is idea of failure. And the, the way I talk about it is you're willing to risk everything to get to the North Star. You're willing to you get up every day and you don't go, hey, I'm going to fail today, skin my knees, fall down, all that kind of stuff. But you get up and go, I'm going to do everything possible today at the entire time I'm awake to go after my North Star, whatever that is. You know, okay. I'm going to do some more homework. I'm going to do, you know, uh, go, go do something, you know, along the path towards, towards that thing. And then and then the third theme is recovery from failure or resilience. Okay. Because 
when you recover from that failure and when you get up, dust yourself off and you go, man, okay, I wonder what that was about. I have come to believe in my life now that everything happens for a reason. And now I know that a failure, like something doesn't go the way it was, or I totally fell, like, you know, I got hit and I fell down and I couldn't do it. And, and there's a couple of examples in the book where I didn't achieve something. Uh, and I turned around and looked at the backside of that failure and I went, oh, that's why that was supposed to happen to me. And it's this interesting realization that, that things happen for a reason. And, and so you don't actually fail until you quit. Right. So get back up. Keep going. Okay, and the recovery from failure, that resilience is the third theme. Okay, so that those three things, and, and you'll look, and and so if you take my bio, like you started down that road. Hey, look at Mike. He's a he's a he's a he's a, a Naval Academy graduate. He's a fighter pilot. He went to Top Gun. Wow, Top Gun. You know, he's a he's a fighter pilot. He's a uh, he's an admiral. He commanded a ship. He's an executive. At, wow, look at all these things. Are you kidding? Do you right. know the path it took to get there? Right. I mean squiggly line, you know, failures, keep trying, do the right thing every day. You know, when you turn around, you might, you might find yourself having to com turn completely around. Just think about like climbing a mountain, you know, and you come up against a, you know, one of the pieces of the face and you can't go up anymore. So you actually go down and then left or right and around that obstacle and keep going back up towards the top of that mountain. Right. And, yeah. um, you know, I mean, maybe somebody says, I want to, I want to summit Everest. And they try year after year and they get, they might even get within 150 feet and they don't do it, but then they finally do it. They didn't fail until they quit trying. And they, yeah, well, I, I failed because I'm not going to try anymore. And, and I got to like 150 feet to go and kind of thing. But in your quest for your North star, you don't actually fail until you quit trying. Um, and, and of course you can change your North star, but I, for me, time is not a factor for the North star. It's like, hey, I, I want to get to this place. Now, time might be a factor in the process that gets you there. And so you have to meet that time. But if you keep going after failure and then you find it just makes you stronger. And so when your kids strive and you and you explain to them how great it is to, you know, to, to strive and try. Teddy Roosevelt's man in the arena. Yep. Brian Johnson talks about it with Arate. It's mm -hmm. like, here's me. Here's where I need to be. That gap, I need to fill that gap. You fill that gap every day, you're going to be successful. And so you're filling that gap with your excellence and your best self to go after what it is you want to go after. And if you if you can't get the gap, well, you keep trying and you and you keep trying and you tell your kids, hey, keep trying. It's fine. And, you know, my uh, my daughter was a hellion. I mean, she she was she was a great athlete and, a, and okay. an A student and all kinds of things. She was really hard growing up. My son has a wonderful set of values. And, and, but if he was competing against somebody, you know, especially when he was like six years old, if he lost, Oh my God, he would just crush, crushed on the right. ground, big hissy fit, you know, yeah. ah, and you got to yeah. just teach them, you know, both kinds of people. Okay. You know, this is, this is how you go through life. It's okay that you didn't win today. You just keep trying and you keep showing them the benefit of continuing to try and go through the failure. It's okay. You failed. What did you learn? Yes. What did you learn today when you failed, and what can you apply now? What would you do different? And I, I found, I found doing that a lot when you have the when you have the patience to do it as a parent. Mm -hmm. You know, if there's a failure, okay, what, what would you what What do you think happened today? Well, I didn't. You know, well, I'm just I suck. No, no, that's not it. What What happened today, and what did you learn from today, and how can you apply that learning? You know, going forward. And and again, Brian talks about that quite a bit. And you know, in the quest for excellence is. And, and in all of my training, in all of my training, all my military training, 
you know, you, you the brief and the debrief are what's most important. And the debrief is the most important thing. We flew today. What did we do right? And what did we do wrong? And so what yeah. I tell people when they're, when they're trying to do things as a company and a process wise, having, having the brief on, this is what we're going to do. This is what we're going to go and achieve. This is our expected outcome. And then you go do it. But the most important thing is when you, when you achieve some kind of outcome, you go through a debrief. Okay. What did we do right? And what did we do other than right? We're oftentimes don't say wrong, you know, yep. others. Yep. And then yep. how are we going to get better, you know, to go forward? And I, I love that piece. And that's one of the things I've been working with the dads as we wrap up 2023 is we need to reflect and debrief on what worked, what could we have done better and what action are we going to take from it? And I feel like, especially in society today, it's busy, busy, busy. It's going, go there's no debrief. And it's why so many people stay stuck. They don't take the time to say, okay, what went well? All right, I'm going to continue doing that. What could I have done better? And then what action am I going to take? And yeah, that's, that's I would, so I would say, Sorry, Jeff, I'm interrupting you. I, we tend to fall into this year end and year beginning thing. It's it's what humans do, you know, a new beginning. And it gives people hope sometimes. Hey, you know, there's 2023 in the rearview mirror. And my gosh, you know, it could have been a bad year, a good year, whatever. Looking forward to 2024 and, you know, going forward. But you, your dads should do that every day. Yep. Right. You have a, an a.m. practice, you get up in the morning and maybe you're shaving or maybe you write down three things you're grateful for. You meditate for, you know, five, 10, 15 minutes and you think, OK. And then at the end of the day, just that reflection that what, you know, what went well today? And so yeah. so ideally, as you go through December 31st, January 1st, you're not going, OK, let's yeah. figure out what we did at the year. end. But it's easy right. to do. It's easy to categorize. A lot of our societal systems work on a calendar. And so we might be kind of bound by the by the process and the system that holds us to kind of a year end year end thing. But I but I find that people tend to, well, well, you know, we'll just go through the year end here and kind of see what happens and then go. That's a waste. That's a waste of time. It's a waste of energy. You should be doing that 24 seven, not 24 seven, but but each day, you know, as you get up and end the day or 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 end the specific period doing that thing you talked about. That's exactly right. You know what? Right. What? What? what you know, other than right. And what can we do better? Yeah, I like writing down like plus one, minus one. Did you plus one today or minus one today? Yeah. Are you satisfied personally and professionally today or not? Like that's a great question to ask yourself and then have some learnings and then apply them to the next day. And I'm right there with you. Like end of the year kind of drives me bot. Like you should be doing it daily, weekly, monthly, tracking where you're at, seeing what needs to be adjusted. And that's how you're you're going to hit your targets. Yep. Uh, one, one thing you mentioned, North Star, you know, just to frame it up for for all the warrior dads listening, like you found it in eighth grade. I'll be very transparent. I didn't find it till I was 48 years young, right? With the warrior dads. <laughs> so there's a big gap there. So just to tell, to, to frame it up, right? There, there's both ends of the spectrum because some might be, I haven't found it yet. You just got to stay well, with it to your point and just continue to try things out and, and, See what hits yeah. that heart and soul string, right? That's it right there. I mean, you've got it exactly right. When when I, I mean, so so that, you know, I'm a kid, I'm growing up in my, you know, my family's house. I, you know, get up every day, go play, go to school, whatever it is. The thing that struck me for like the rest of my life at that point was this, was this midshipman thing. But, mm -hmm. but once I got into the academy, okay, now it's like, I'm going to go fly. Yeah. I was going to be a Marine fighter pilot. I won't waste time. The story's in the book. Then I became a Navy fighter pilot. I'm going to fly off carriers. I'm going to fly. Then it honed in. I'm going to go fly F-14s. 
I got the fly F14s and then I was like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to just continue to do better, you know, going through. And now I'm in the realm of, you know, I kind of, I'm in the area of the star. I'm doing the best I can all the way through. And then it became, well, I think I'm going to stay in the Navy. So I'll do what I need to do to do that. Okay. And then, okay, well, and then I got shoved into nuclear power to go learn how to boil water a different way, you know, and command an aircraft carrier. And there was a failure right near the end that ultimately turned out fine. And, and I was like, okay, I'm going to go command a carrier. So the North star kind of shifts. It's, it's mm-hmm. like climbing a mountain to the top of one. And then you, you realize there's another mountain behind it. Or, you know, you're yeah. down the valley back up and thing. So it's, it's kind of this series, mm-hmm. but it's, it is seeking, you know, what is it that motivates you to get up each day and go do something positive? What, what, that, that's right. what I mean about the North star and, and, in in a quest for, you know, making the best of yourself in life is going after something. I mean, maybe it's just getting up in the morning and, you know, going to work out or whatever, whatever it is, something. And and every once in a while, just like you, you know, at 48 years old, something goes bang in your face and you go, oh my gosh, now I know what I'm supposed to do. It's okay. If you're growing up as a dad and you're seeking that all the time and and you are a dad at younger and you don't even have your North Star yet, at least be a great role model for the kids as they're growing up. You've got to do that. That's your North Star. And it might be just looking down at your kids going, I'm going to make sure that they have the best possible life I can give them and the best possible advice I can give them. Maybe your North Star is just be a great dad. Um, you know, so, so it, it, it is, what's your purpose, you know, what do you, what, what drives you as you get up and, and, and start to, you know, move. Yeah. And I think one of the nuances, especially being a dad and you, you mentioned leadership and communicating, right. And, and communicating the why, I think that's something that I stumbled on years ago of communicating the why to my sons. And I kind of say, it's like sneaking inside door of the mind, right. You're not lecturing. You're not saying you've got to do this. It's like, Hey, this is the reason why we should do this. And then they get a little curious and they do it. They feel good. Like my oldest son and I went for a run. He was down one day. I said, let's just go move our bodies. Let's go for a four mile run. Afterwards, he said, dad, I feel amazing. And I said, that's the power of like exercise and getting out and just being in nature and the two of us. So, you know, the why, especially from a dad perspective, and I think we're kind of wired maybe times to lecture and say, hey, do this. When we share the why, it kind of slides in that side door. And and I will tell you, yeah. at least from my experience with my sons, they're so much more willing to do those things because I express the why. People say, how, how, how are you as a family going to the why at 5 a.m. in the morning before school, all four of you? And I said, because we're, I share the why and nobody else is doing it. So we're, we're going to take that path less traveled. Yeah. You know, I, I'll tell you, I, I, the, the, the challenge for us dads, and I'll reflect back to when I was, you know, kind of growing up as a fighter pilot, the patience to explain the why is hard to come by sometimes, you know, and I'll just be extreme and go do it because I told you to do it. Mm-hmm. And when you're moving hard and you're trying to succeed in your career and maybe mom or, or your partner is doing the same thing and, you know, time for the kids and you know, the kids are going, hey, why? And they're, they're confused and everything. Sometimes it's really, really hard to create that time and to just, just draw back and pause. So those of you out there, warrior dads that can, that can spend time and slow things down and explain and get the whys and ask the questions to the kids. I mean, that's huge. Dads that can do that, I, I, I envy a lot. I moved through my life as a dad. You know, they're just just always on fire executing in the Navy and, gotcha. and 
I led hard, mostly from my led my kids hard, mostly from just do what you're told. You know, I'm gone. And, and of course, my wife says you were gone a lot. I was gone half our marriage. I was on deployment. So my, my wife's strength, she's my hero. You know, she she was the one that kind of parented it and stuff. And you kind of parachute back in as a dad when you're in that kind of situation, whether it's military or other. Right. And you got to you got to think about how you land in there. Right. It's supporting your partner and kind of kind of stuff. But I get give yourself some grace, too. But also think about, you know, how, are you giving that why time to the kids? I will tell you, I failed at that. Okay. Um, the kids grew up kind of, you know, kind of listening to dad, but it was directive. Right. I was more directive than than, you know, sort of solace and why and uh, understanding dad. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of I was kind of hard. And, and so that you, you think about what kind of what kind of a dad you are, too. Yeah. And I, I think that the, that why kind of ties into what we talked about earlier, like the identity. My identity is dad of the year. Well, when I feel my patience maybe get a little thin or, or I'm a little agitated, that rings in the back of my mind. And I will tell yeah. you, Mike, it has stopped me at times from going off the handle. It stopped me from, like, I, I tell a story a lot. This past summer, it was hot out, went with walk with my wife. It's like 95 degrees. I'm up outside of Philadelphia. Phillies were playing a game. My youngest son shooting hoops. Dad, can you rebound for me? In that moment, I wanted to get in the air conditioner, watch the ball game, but dad of the year ran in my head. And I, I said, Nope, I'm going to take the opportunity for this micro moment rebound from him. I'm so glad I did. So that's why, you know, if we tie it back to where we started that identity, define who you're going to be as a dad, then that drives your actions versus in the moment, you might be agitated, something work, you might be stressed. You might have a feeling of you. You're just going to fly off the handle that identity can, can keep you grounded and, and actually allow you to, to choose your action versus how you're, how you're feeling in the moment. Jeff, best point of the 30 minutes we've spent together. Absolutely. A hundred percent. If I had had that, what would the dad of the year do right there in the center of my forehead stopped? What would the dad of the year do here? Um, I, I would have been a much more successful dad for, for the dads out there that, Disregard anything I said. That thing right there that Jeff said is huge. Sometime, sometime, um, you know, when you're free, listen to Cats in the Cradle by Harry Chapin, the song. Okay. Cats in the Cradle. Listen to the song. I want to be just like you, Dad. Someday I want to be just like you. It's a it's a ballad and it it talks about how how Harry Chapin, the dad, and for the dads out there, you probably already, you know, some of you already know this. The dad, you know, Harry Chapin, the dad wasn't there. The kid grows up just like him. And when it's time for dad to say, Hey son, you got any time? Hey, no, I don't, you know, I got the, the kids got the flu. I'm out. Can I borrow the car keys? You know, see you later. Can I have them please? He's gone. Right. And so your, that, that point that you just made, what would dad of the year do best point of the whole podcast? Well, thanks Mike. I I appreciate that. I'm glad it's amazing how it came to, to, uh, to light and, and uh, great discussion. Mike, where can people find you? Where can people find the book? Thanks. Actually, I, I see it on the screen here. www.mikemanazer.com is my website. It has a whole bunch of leadership content on it. Um, if you go on there and sign up for a newsletter, uh, we do a newsletter a week right to your email and on discrete leadership topics. My books, uh, Learn How to Lead to Win. We're releasing uh, tomorrow uh, a book called Mike's Maxims. It's a new ebook. It's about 200 pages. It expands the maxims in the back. Learn how to lead, lead to win book. 
If you sign up for a newsletter, you get that book for free, ebook. I have two short stories on there too. All of that stuff can be uh, found on Amazon. Okay. And then in other retail outlets like Barnes and Noble and Ingram Spark and things like that. But the website will draw you there. And then Amazon, the book is there. The book Learn How to Lead to Win is 33 stories from my time in the Navy. They're great stories. You know, they're ones I like to tell over, a, you know, frosty beverage sometime. And then each story has a leadership lesson tied to it. And I've heard from audiences and we designed it this way that it doesn't apply just to military. It's it's to any leadership situation. And so I hope I hope people get out and get the book. And I loved being with you today, Jeff. It was awesome. I loved having you and go get the book. I am reading it. And one of the other things, Mike, I love is you give resources at each chapter. So depending on what the lesson is, there's other resources that people can check out and continue to build that knowledge. So it's it's fantastic. Definitely go get it. I'll uh, link everything up in the show notes. Mike, thanks for uh, thanks for joining me. Thanks, Jeff. See you later. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Thanks for watching. Dare to be uncommon. Love, lead, legacy. Create a legendary day. And I'll talk to you soon.